Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Getting my dad to say I love you. To say what? Say he loves it. Outrageous. Hello and welcome back to Getting My Dad to Say I Love You, the podcast where I chat to people in the world of comedy, acting, writing, creativity to find out about their parents, why they are the way they are so they can blame their parents for everything. But most importantly, to get my dad to say I love you. I'm joined by my dad, John Martin. How are you, John? I'm well. We've got Rob Beckett on for this episode. You like Rob? Yeah, he's, he's doing terribly well on UK stuff, isn't he? He is. He's on loads of stuff. What was the last thing you watched him on? <laughs> Some quiz show. There we go. That's I can't remember which one. I mean, sorry, am I missing? No, do you know what? No, it's fine. That is the perfect level of dad knowledge. Some quiz show, but he was visible. So he's dad famous, you know. Yeah, well, he's, yeah he's dad famous and he has he has a facial um, imagery, which is quite re- re- memorable. What do, you, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, he's quite sort of... Yeah, <laughs> your, he's quite in your in your face in a certain way. <laughs> no one could see that because it's. I saw you on the Zoom, and what you did was you mimed. He has a massive mouth. That's what you did. Yeah, he's yeah, quite okay. large mouth. But I mean, <laughs> lots of people have large mouths, and I mean, he's quite. He's quite noticeable, you know, it's his sort of trademark, really. It is his trademark. You ought to have one of those, you know, trademarks written across it. Across his mouth, just have... Yeah, patent applied for. (laughs) Rob, if you're listening, mate, get a copyright symbol on your top right tooth. Get it on there. Uh, That's John Martin's advice. So, Dad, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go chat to Rob about his family, find out why he is the way he is, see if he's got any tips forgetting you to say I love you to me for for once and for all. Does that sound good? That sounds good to me. All right then, Rob, let's kick it off with this. Have both your parents said I love you to you before? The phrase I love you, not lots of love or love you, I love you. Have they both said that to your face? Um, That's quite interesting. I don't... Thinking about it now, I can't I can't remember, but that's quite an intense <laughs> thing to say, I love you. Like, Yeah, like, I know, um, I know it is. And they'll say, I love you so much and I'm proud of you. So they both have always yeah. said that. And my, both my parents have been very affectionate and sort of like cuddly and protective and always there for me. So they've been absolutely lovely. But I don't think they've ever said, I love, and they probably have, but not yeah, that I yeah. can remember. But if they haven't, it's more from phrasing as opposed to, it's not them letting out their emotions. So, yeah, okay. And, you know, so I, think they, I think they, I can't give you a time, but almost definitely they have. <laughs> 
but it's very yeah. formal for my parents. It'd be more like, oh, yes. I fucking love you. <laughs> 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 but also, yeah, I, I, I think there's two types of love. There is that sort of really deep when you fall in love with someone and you go, I, lo- I fucking, I love you. Whereas you're your parents. It, it, it doesn't really need to be that immediate. It's not like I'm going to run away with another set of parents. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So right. it's like, I think, yeah, but they've definitely said, I love you um, and, and meant it, I think. Not that awkward. So I've got <laughs> mates and his dad's only ever shook his hand. Yeah, I know that. Well, that's why this came about. Because I, disca- yeah. I was doing Zooms over the pandemic and I was talking about, like my dad definitely I know he loves me, but he's so British that the idea of saying it to a yeah. human being makes him he, uh, So he's never he said, said he loves you. No, and he won't. And I said, Can you we'll just say it? I just said to say it because it goes, it's obvious. I just said, Well, just say it. He goes, Well, that's just bollocks. I don't want to do this. And he, <laughs> like, and I don't think maybe just it's it's just for, he's from this generation and the way he was brought up where his, his parents. Yeah kind of he looked around the newspaper and sort of nodded at him <laughs> when he was in a room rather than showed any love but you're from a, no I, I i figured you're from a loving family even yeah so it's not it's not surprising to me that they've said i've you know i met your parents at your wedding a few years ago they seem like just such nice you know yeah, they've given yeah, they're you, very loving they seem like, like I, I, you're I, loving boys. you're quite a loving you're quite a loving bloke i would say i think I'm, i think so i think yeah like i kiss and cuddle my kids all the time and tell them I love them and you know and sometimes other people's um, <laughs> you know that's about how loving I am um, I just really sometimes I go down the park kiss and cuddle all of them because I'm a loving guy no but um, yeah, I meant to them. say in your intro uh, you've got 12 restraining orders against yeah, you yeah yeah exactly but um, that's only UK based so I yeah can, it's okay I can, I can go <laughs> overseas um, but uh, no yes yeah, so I'm very loving uh, kiss and cuddle the girls a lot and stuff and yeah that was a very loving household growing up so that was quite um quite normal but then my brother dan's always been a bit like he never liked mum and dad like cuddling but no one really likes their parents cuddling them though do they really like too much maybe it's because my well, yeah. dad and mum and dad did it all the time well you're right. yearning for it i feel like you're yearning for a good cuddle do you know what you I love you love when we used to play football together if i put my arm on your shoulder and went well done chris a little little shoulder squeeze you, you like you yeah, get off it. on that kind of thing. You love a bit I of that. I did, mate. That's nice. I love that. Isn't it's it? physical, a physical contact and a, and a nice. Yeah, just that's funny. Your parents used to hug you. Yeah, my dad's not into that, but he's, he's into giving he me a lot of lit. Yeah, he has, but um, he's more into like giving me lifts to the airport. That's his. That's his. His hug. Okay. Do you know what I mean? That, he's a. Yeah. He's a. Well, there's love languages, so just, isn't so, it? There's different ways of showing your love. So his would be like uh, gifts of service. It's called where you do uh, tasks for people to show that you love them rather than, have you never heard of this? No. That's, that's I was some, maybe some, no. <laughs> Sorry, sex worker. Let's not get cancelled. It's yeah, not to keep not up with terminology. Mate. I know. Especially um, as I'm in LA, mate. No, in LA, there's a lot of uh, people talk about this sort of stuff. So there's a, a thing called love languages. So some people respond to uh, gifts of service. Some like tactile touching. Yeah. Some like words of affection. Um, and I actually do respond quite well to gifts of service, I've realised. Yeah. I, I respond really well to blowjobs. Do you? Okay. Yeah, not from my parents. But <laughs> no, if you I was give me a blowjob, if you give me a blowjob, I'm, I'm on good form that day. Okay, really? Um, that's really <laughs> livening me up for the rest of the day. <laughs> well, I'm afraid this is on Zoom, mate, so I can't come uh, over and do it. But otherwise, yeah. if we're in studio. <laughs> well, no, not um, you. I mean, like, you know, my wife. She's okay, the only person right. who can give me blowjobs now. <laughs> The only person in the world that could give me a blowjob. <laughs> I love that this is like quite, the first quite a title, isn't it? 
And the Rob has brought this down into the gutter. Sorry, are you, is this a serious podcast? Or no, it's not about? a serious. No, it, <laughs> it's not serious anymore. <laughs> you want to get Beckett at five o'clock UK time? You're getting blowjob chat. That's what we're having. Oh my god! Come here, son. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. No, sorry. I've took it off. I've took it off, off pace. <laughs> am I going to make this about parents you're wondering no um, did you have can you openly talk about stuff with your parents like I I always um, I always have memories of when I was a kid and I I never talk about relationships or sex but I don't know if you your family were like that I had a friend called Benedict Pringle of course you did of course I did Benedict Pringle. Benedict Pringle, real name, real guy, lovely guy. But I remember when I was a kid, and I don't know if you have, I'd always, you'd always go and compare your family dynamic to other families. Yeah. And they were just so cool. They just, you're like 13, like, I kissed a girl last night. And I'm like, there you go. You oh, just told no. You. I couldn't do that. There was a guy, uh, someone told me, a friend, a friend of, a, no, this bloke at university, he was such a like handsome, boring man, but he just had a lot of sexual intercourse people and people yeah. said yeah when he uh, brings a girl back to his mum and dad's his mum leaves a toothbrush outside the door for the girl and i'm like that is oh. too that's 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 no, too you. much you don't want to be that you, that's the thing you want to be like a fun parent but you don't want to be too cool and trying to like be no. laddie with them no you don't want to be leaving a camera set up for them no <laughs> Like growing up though because I had four brothers it was a bit like prison really where it's like you didn't give anything <laughs> out about what you was doing so, like, any bit of banter, people would jump on you with it. Like, so, right. like, you wouldn't tell anyone anything. I, it was and with boys. Boys don't really talk and stuff. Remember once my brother went out, obviously, to a girl's house to go around there. And he was like, yeah, just my mates. Just my mates. Went to our mates. And then it was all asking questions. Because we're all trying to get questions so we can give him banter like, and take the piss out mm-hmm. of him, basically. That was what it... Even my mum and dad would just openly take the piss out of us. Everyone took the piss out of everyone. It was quite a harsh household. That's why you're so good at panel shows. You, you From the age of five, you were, like, living in a panel show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got to be fast. You've got to be quick. And you've got to have something. I've constantly, if I'm in a room with someone, I've got something I can say to mug them off. But I've not said it. It's just there in case they come for me. You know what I mean? It's like ready to go, right? A bit of banter or whatever. You're sharpening your verbal, your verbal toothbrush to stab people with in the house. (laughs) Exactly. So he once went, I was going around my mates and mum was like, oh, what did you have for dinner? He was like, oh, butternut squash risotto. And she was like, what kind of 15 year old lads are knocking up butternut squash risotto? 
I know. And, that's, and even stuff, now, so, that's yeah. a, that's 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 a funny thing. You couldn't even say you had a healthy meal. Is it? <laughs> yeah, that is weird though. That's that's too yeah. young to be making a butternut squash risotto. Exactly, a hundred percent as well. But uh, but yeah, so I wouldn't tell my parents. I, I don't. I don't really feel like I can. Not that I can. I can tell my parents stuff, but I don't really. They're always there for me and stuff to talk to them, but I don't really. I'm a bit like a. I think you're either a dog or a cat as a as a child, where you're constantly on them, going like, "Oh, I've done this. What should I do this? Should I do that?" And trying to get advice, or "Oh, I've done that, or I've done this," or you sort of just wander off. And I was sort of yes. one of the ones that sort of wandered off and sort of just sort of sorted it out on my own a little bit. Not like not because they weren't there to support me, but I felt more comfortable internalising it and working it out rather than going, Mum, this has happened type of thing, you know. Um, and that was nothing yeah. to do with my parents. They were brilliant and supportive. And it's just different people react differently. So my brother, other brothers will, will go to my parents a bit more, um, but not all of them. Other ones are a bit more different, a bit more cat-like. But I think it's just your makeup, what you're like as a person. Like, you know, you're a bit more of a homebody dog or you're a little bit more just cat that just wanders off and just finds another house. <laughs> no, that's that's very true. Have you used that as a stand-up? That's really, that was, that was so like, that was so accurately said that I was like, that's a bit. That's that just bit? off the... Off the top of my head, mate. It's just, it's just what you're dealing with here. It's just flying out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you watch me do that at a gig later and it dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I walk off all cocky. Yeah, I'll text like, you, mate. Oh, I died on his ass. If you're in the context of a, a dad-based podcast, it's really very good. But there was no punchline for that. There was no punchline. That was the only thing. It's got a good setup. We haven't got a punchline yet. Yeah, and then the, the answer would be like, I keep like shitting on, sh- shitting on the carpet and swiping a bit. You know, this, that's why it's going to die on its ass. It hasn't got enough cat dog punchline. <laughs> What do cats do? Um, cats, uh, they uh, they lick their own arsehole. Yeah. Uh, both both dogs do, isn't oh. they? Both do. Yeah, so you'd be like, yeah, yeah. We go, you, you notice it when we go in for Christmas. Like, you know, my brother's there, a big bowl of food, and I'm on the floor licking my arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens when you podcast with Rob Beckett. You talk about blowjobs and arseholes within the first 15 minutes. Yeah, I, I can do serious though as well, but it's funnier doing no, it. No, it's fun. No, no, it's fun. So um, then you've led me to an interesting, so you're, yeah. you're the cat that wandered off and stuff. Because I actually think that's, uh, you the oldest? No. The no, oldest. I've got two, one younger, three older. You're, there's five five yeah so my dad was married before so they're half brothers technically but we all right, just right, see right. each other as brothers but there's a they're a lot older so i've got i'm 35 my brother's 33 and i've got dan's 42 and then no 41 and then russ is like 50 odd and darren's like 49 or something 50 that's impressive that your dad only makes men <laughs> yeah so he's Alfred, got a highly he only makes but, men yeah. <laughs> Well, I've had two girls, but I was very happy having girls where it's quite blokey if, like, to want a boy. I didn't really realise this because I think mm. I'm not, you know me quite well. I'm not very sort of like old school alpha male really, like, no. even though I'm from that. No. In comedy, I'm the geezer comic, but in the real world, I'm not at all very soft i know that everyone's i know that yeah people like to pigeonhole people in in this industry so they're like oh beckett's the geezer well you're quite a geezery comic i'd say you're quite jack the laddie am i well yeah compared to all the old soft you know oxbridge cambridge ones you went to like private school and played rugby and you're one of the you like you like football and girls (laughs) 
Not like women, not girls. It's because I used to play football outside of school with um Yeah, exactly. Kids kids from the estate, so I learned that if I started talking Yes, yeah, so that's it, that's exactly what it is. If I started talking about butternut squash, squash risotto, risotto. Oh, oh, eight, I would be like I'd be bullied a lot. Yeah, because uh, you get so much banter playing football, that's why you know you can you're a good comic, you can deal with it. Uh, at comedians football today, Paul Ross. He played with Ross. I can't remember his surname, but a new, a new comic. He's really small. Well, he's not really small. He's like about my height or a bit shorter, but really fit and runs nonstop. And he started calling him the Wasp and he started getting the ump. That's... And he was all like, Waspy, Waspy. You, you have to, um, you have to what is it? When I was, I actually remember when I was very young, I um, played with all the kids from the estate and uh, they were all, you know, when you just try and tag onto banter to fit in and they were all, there's yeah. a guy that had his head shaved. This like, I forget his name. He had his head shaved too short. And I and everyone and then uh, people were, like laughing and then I sung a song that was like baldy baldy over there. What's it like to have no hair? Is it cold or is it chilly? I've got more hair on my willy. And then he went, "Shut up, you posh wanker!" Like just like immediately like that. <laughs> yeah, you're dead. That's the thing. You can't be a bit posh playing with estate kids because they'll no. always do you do you with that kind of stuff. But did you did you um, did you? So you were the cat that went off. Then did you go? Do you have other like? Uh, friends families you went and looked at and saw kind of their their dynamic and no not that regard because actually not growing up that only was when I got to about 20 I was a real homebody before then I'd always stay at home at the weekends and Friday and Saturday nights I wasn't very confident going out and about even though I'm quite confident now drinking and stuff um, so I'd stay at home a lot but that's because it was quite fun my mum and dad normally were always in you know they weren't out loads they'd like make lovely food and we'd have a drink and a laugh and they were really funny where a lot of like 80 in your kids aren't funny they're all like walking around either trying to have a fight or pull a girl and I found going out quite boring because yeah, it was just like you either like pulled someone and I was in a bad state of affairs when I was 18 so like, there was no chance of me pulling anyone <laughs> and I didn't like fighting so I'd rather stay in and have a pizza <laughs> that's very that's funny that those are your options it's like go out fight. yeah it was either you go out and you have a fight or pull and I didn't like fighting and I couldn't pull so what was the point that's fair enough that's just sat in the corner having a laugh with no well one. you've got you've had the last laugh now because you were honing your comedy skills getting rinsed by your your parents yeah indoors <laughs> yeah I was getting smashed by them but I mean, that's the, yeah that's the thing though as well I didn't realise because I grew up in a working class area in South East London that you could get status from being sort of intelligent because it was either you was hard and good at fine or you could pull girls and good at football there were the three main ones funny was all right but not that important but like i remember if he was intelligent you just you was a nerd and it was like shut up mate you're a nerd mm. and no one would listen to you but then when i did comedy i met people from like posh schools and they had a bit of swagger because they were intelligent and they would show off about being intelligent and i remember thinking keep it down mate you're gonna get bashed up in a minute keep telling everyone you're clever <laughs> you know what i mean like then i didn't realize that was a status thing at their school yes that's true there's a bit of a there is a bit of a hierarchy in comedy and intelligent it's quite cliquey in that respect which i've always found i don't know if the, but you 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 and me i feel like i'm not just putting words in your mouth i feel like we get on quite well because we're, we're both people that like to kind of include everyone to have a good time whereas sometimes in comedy it's a bit cliquey we yeah well I think I think we both straddle that sort of world of I think because you played football and I had loads of friends from a council estate even though you were a bit posher and your other friends were a bit posher you're, you've got a foot in both camps and it's the same with me really where I, I came from my background and then I do comedy which is very middle class and lose very middle class so I think me and you are both straddling the same world but from a different side I wonder if you I do think it relates to um I think I have this thing from my dad because he is a he's a big 
person. You met my dad, haven't you? He's the guy who's just the big, big posh guy. Yeah, but he yeah, likes yeah. everyone having a good time, everyone having big a drink. Posh guy. But you- very gregarious. Yeah. Come and I do- yeah, very, very friendly and welcoming. I'd, I'd, th- I'd have him down as a big cuddle, I love you guy. Yeah, but he's Chris. more. But his way of doing it is just making sure everyone's having a good time. Is his way of yeah. show, and then him kind of not like thinking about himself. Does that make sense? And I wonder if like you, yeah, yeah I wonder yeah. if you're. But you stayed in with your parents a lot. Was not was one of them like the kind of gregarious, out and about kind of everyone having a good time parent. Yeah, my mum was ama- an amazing... Ho- they both are really good hosts. My mum's very socially aware like, and, and can work out social situations very quickly and bring people in and say, and make sure they've had a drink and work people out quite well. And then my dad, he's quite he's good at that as well. He's very sharp, but he's way more silly and have a laugh and make everyone mess, and mess about and stuff and very chatty and things. And they make friends so easily like, and just know everyone. It's sort yeah, of like, yeah. That's- so they're both very good socially. And I think that's what me and my brother's got out of them. Like, you know, I'm comfortable talking to any one anywhere really you can introduce no your mum to rob you know. you're, a, you're great with mums i remember that my mum's a bit more introverted and i was like rob she'd like i meet you like, i like that oh i'm great with mums yeah but that's what happens when you can't pull anyone at a party you just <laughs> chat to the mum but yeah the house party talk to her she's quite fit <laughs> for her age that's that's another <laughs> always been into milfs yeah yeah <laughs> that's the good thing if you're into milfs young the future's bright yeah you're, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? you're, if you're into like 20 year old looking girls your life just gets worse. The future is very dark, in fact. And there's, yeah. Yes, it's very dark. Well, I go back and do uni gigs now, college gigs now, and they're 18 to 20. It's like doing like a year seven class. Like, who are these children? About 18, I felt like I was so fully grown and grown up. I look, you just look like babies. I know. I find it very odd when I see anyone under under 21. They look about 12, and I have nothing to talk I know, to them. I have nothing to talk to them about. One, one really sweet girl came up to me after a show I did a few years ago, and I was only like, maybe it was like 29, 30, and she would have been like 18. And she was like, oh, that was really good, and all this. And then I was like, oh, thanks so much. And I didn't know what to say, so I went, are you guys going clubbing tonight? And I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. I just said it. No. Was you single then? No, I wasn't even, I was just a weird dude who didn't know what to say. Oh, right, so you weren't no. like, trying to get off with them, you just panicked. I just panicked and said, what do 18-year-olds <laughs> no. like doing, clubbing? And I said, are you going, I sounded like 100 years old. And I wanted to say- yeah, so what, you're up to going, going out late, are you? You're going to stay out late, going to have some drinks, oh, kebab, no. kebab and cab. No, it felt awful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so re- re- um, going back to the, the rent stuff then, you were saying about... Um, yeah, you don't. You kind of do your own thing, cat thing. Because here's something: <laughs> I've, when you you've achieved some cool stuff in your career, do, do, no, I still, I still, do you, do I still you tell do them? Do you te- though, no, fair. but do you like yeah. when you? Here's something I want to know: is like, because I do think there's a there's a link between all uh, stand ups, actors, and writers. Whether whatever your background is, is um, we all want to kind of impress our parents a bit. Do you like? Do you when you get good news, like let's say when you got on like live at the Apollo something. Did you tell your parents pretty much? Are you like, tell them yeah. and hit, want to hear their reaction? Whether you whether consciously or subconsciously, you will tell them pretty quickly and yeah. then be happy that they're happy. I, I did, I did that way more when I was younger. Now, like, cause you sort of, I think when you, you have no self-worth when you're younger, so you try and find it and you either find it in approval from friends and family mm-hmm. or, you know, in, which is quite bleak likes on Instagram, which wasn't really me, but a lot of young people like that now. Or you find it from um, audience reactions. Don't you? you go out, you do a gig, they all laugh. Yes, I'm, I'm worthwhile, I'm good. And then as you're younger, you like that. But um, without going um, too deep, it feels like the you podcast could, for it. You, you could go deep. 
go deep if you want me. Go deep, but <laughs> you go from blowjobs to deep. No, do 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 go for it. That's when you know. That's when you know it's a good blowjob. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, oh, it God. was like <laughs> oh, <God>. when no, <laughs> no. What I'm saying is, so we lockdown and stuff. I was working too much, and lockdown gave me a bit of a break, and I sort of did therapy and stuff to sort of just like calm myself down. And what it boiled down to a lot of it was self worth and mm-hmm. poverty mindset and and imposter syndrome, and I was equating my success at work as self-worth and you're good now because you've done this rather than just realizing you're enough and all that sort of you know therapy bollocks which does work i'm not saying no so i I, when i was younger i'd be more like mum and dad have done this so they go oh well done i feel oh i feel good for a bit now but then you have to hunt more of it but as i've got older and i've sort of realized you know i'm just doing what i do and make as long as i'm enjoying every day and paying the bills i don't need that you're 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 amazing rob type thing i enjoy doing the gigs and stuff because i like doing comedy but yeah like now it's actually, they've, but they've always played it down quite a lot where it's just like, oh, well done. Like, they, 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 just to keep my feet on the ground, but to the point where, like, there's no acknowledgement. Like, it's like, like that I've, I've been in a film. I did Cinderella. I played opposite Adina Menzel and Camilla Cabello. And it's on Amazon Prime. Quite a big deal on Amazon Prime. They've pushed it, adverts everywhere. I'm in it. They've never mentioned it or watched it. I oh, know. <laughs> so you'd think you would, you'd think you'd watch your kid in a film, wouldn't you? Well, and I told my dad when I got a book deal, I got a book deal, and I rang my dad. I went, I got a book deal, and he went, Oh yeah, yeah, well done. Yeah, I've always thought I could write a book because I watch these films, <laughs> and I think, so true. and I think that is so what parents think, do. Those that films shit. Those films are shit, and I could write that. I'm like, all right, okay, right, bye. Like, and I'm not really bothered, but and also he's older now anyway, and he's they, they they just sort of try and treat it like I think I think they try and make it doesn't make it me, me feel weird. I think that's why you are successful. I genuinely think this is why you're successful. Like, um, two things. Firstly, why do you find it so odd? I found it really interesting how you were like, I have therapy bollocks, but that's good that you're doing the therapy stuff. <laughs> but you can't even like, yeah, I know. you can't like go. Oh, I did therapy bollocks. I said bollocks. I did whatever. But you you almost like yeah, even though it. it was really helpful. Yeah, yeah, helpful. <laughs> yeah, Change. Changed my life, but it's a load of shit. It's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that therapy. Box. I'm so much happier, but it's still shit. No, no, but do you know what it is? Being British, that's, you're, you're right for you're right for pulling me up on that. It's being British, and also it's like it. Uh, what, what I mean by that therapy bollocks is. There, there is some great CBT and therapy you can do, and it really helps you. Mm. However, when I mean all that therapy bollocks, is like when you see people on Instagram going, oh, yeah, dude, yeah. and all that, that sort of fake, hu- like that fake humble and worthy nonsense in order for likes and things like that. So, I mean, that, but yeah, I think that's a very British blokey thing where you go, oh, that fucking shit, even though, yeah, it was great, really helped me, changed my life. But yeah, it's a load of bollocks. Yeah, no, I, I, I... No one goes... You, you know, I've lost weight. Yeah, it was all that bloody running bollocks I did. Yeah. All that, all those bloody marathon bollocks and, and healthy eating. Yeah, you've stumbled across that thing that I feel that as well. And may, I think that's let, but it's funny, maybe it's tied to the same thing. You're talking about um, your dad and stuff. I feel like parents of people that are relatively successful can never just be effusively happy all the time. You, they've got to they always leave a little something in there for you to be like, I did this, and they're like, oh, that's, that's all right. And so it's like, oh, fuck it. And, but if they were like, brilliant, that's the best thing ever, then you'd probably... Wouldn't. No, exactly. I'd, I'd rather it this way. I prefer it this way. Where if they were too effusive and going on about it, it seem a bit mad. You see, there's some comics who mum and dad are there all the time, and they're not proud. They're trying to get in on it. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to be a part of it. Where they come to everything, my parents, and they're so proud and so complimentary. But I do think it's a bit of a head fuck for them as well. If you put it on there for their son, is now all of a sudden doing all these things that they don't know how to process it. So I think their way of doing it is, oh, well done, that's great. 
to whatever it is I say, yeah. which is really, you know, the same way as when I worked in Sainsbury's, I was like, oh, they're giving me a promotion. I'm on an extra 50p an hour now. However, oh, well done. That's great. And I I actually do think it, it it's it's a bit of a strange reaction, but it's probably the best approach, I think, where I think I'd be the same with my kids. Go, oh, yeah, great. Well done. Like, And be proud, but not go over the top with it you know i agree but um it's just sometimes when you tell your dad you've written a book and he goes yeah i've always thought i could write one and i'm like well fucking do it then <laughs> go on then is this the podcast on, where rob, rob becky <laughs> screams at his dad just appreciate me no more. not at all i like no but um yeah but uh, yeah but i think that's their way of dealing with it and i think it's easier for them to be a bit like that but they are they, it's not like i do a show and they come backstage and go yeah, that's all right. They are like, oh, that was brilliant. Well done. That was so good. Well done. We're so proud of you and stuff. It's just um, certain certain things. They're just like, oh, yeah, right. But I don't think they sort of get it sometimes of like what you're doing. It all just sounds like a load of nonsense. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this. Yeah, if you come from a, a normal job background and you're even stuff like you go, oh, we sold this show to this channel. And they're like, oh, great. Is that when's that going to be? I go, well, then you've got to develop the script. And then you, there's people and they're like, uh, yeah, they're, they're like, it's. And I don't tell her much either, to be honest. So I keep it quite quiet from I'm doing this stuff. I, to me, in, my, in their defence, I don't think I've actually told them the film's come out. Well, there you go. That you're just then then, yeah. then Amazon haven't done their job. Maybe that's if your parents haven't seen the commercial properly. Well, to be fair, I've seen the advert and I saw Acaster in it, but I didn't see you in it. They just yeah, maybe they've just not seen it. But yeah, it's just I think they it's, it's their way of dealing with it. It's like okay, that's good. Well yeah, done. yeah. No, I think I think that's I think that's and and the other thing you said that I do agree with is uh, you don't want to be one of these faux instagrammy it's changed my life and because all that stuff's for show whereas it's but it's okay and in, the, in yeah. this context you're allowed to say i did it and it helped and uh i still haven't done it yet actually i'd like to do it. oh well therapy stuff no i did it i massively helped. i did it eight years ago on the nhs and then i did recently i did it privately just nhs was a little bit busy in lockdown didn't want to start uh, <laughs> taking you know taking from it <laughs> Uh, I think I've what, done enough to yeah, what, pay for a bit of private. Are you guys, you guys, and, uh, are, uh, you guys are a bit tied up this year, we've seen. So I'll just, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a pandemic. God, boring, COVID. What about me? I've got to talk about things. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, uh, no, I, I nearly had to do, I had a bit of a, yeah, the, I feel like this lockdown has done that to all of us people who are used to being yeah. out and about and doing stuff. I, um, I had one thing where I was just like, just overanalyzing every tiny, sent an email to someone about something for a fate. And I was like, this is, this is the end of the world. They're going to hate me. And then you realize yeah. people don't think about you as much as you think about yourself. You're like, that person's good at that person's there. They're going to think I'm a piece of shit. And the yeah. truth is they just haven't thought about you. They don't care. You just don't, you've just got to realize it's all bollocks and it's, no one really cares about it. And exactly. it doesn't, nothing really, it doesn't really matter. And you can be, build it up in your head, all sorts, but you just have to just sort of, you know, just sort of float along and surrender to it, really. I used to try and control everything and make sure this was all all right. That was all right, but it just, it gets tiresome. It does get tiresome. Can't do it. Um, related to, um, back to your rents a bit, is, um, yeah, uh, something I was uh, I asked Carl this on another podcast and I think this is we, we bonded over this but you obviously have quite a close I think you have a closer relationship with your parents maybe than, than I do but do you um, do you is there stuff you looked at them doing and then you thought I'm going to not do that because obviously a lot of people go oh follow my dad's footsteps and mum's but there's a lot of stuff like the yeah. way my dad like my dad's very gregarious likes to go, but he like gets hammered all the time and then I watched that and I was like okay that, yeah. that looks fun in small amounts but i'm not gonna but be yeah. that 
I'd say I'm more cautious with money than my parents. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit more like, it'll be all right, don't worry about it. We'll get, and, and to be fair, they've always had, like, because my, my dad was self-employed and stuff, he would always go out and get a little bit more. What did he do, do you mind saying? I was a black cab driver. Oh, right, there we go. Yeah, so he could go out and get his own money sort of thing. He didn't have to, like, he weren't, like, a fixed salary. If, if he wanted the money, he'd just work longer hours. Was he the last generation of people that made money from that? from that business yeah yeah and then um, and then you know they brought in card machines and everyone knew how much he was earning <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah so i think um they're a little bit the difference is yeah they're a little bit more i'm a bit overly cautious and i don't think they're silly with money i just think they're a little bit more carefree i'm like it'll be all right it'll sort itself out or i'm a bit more like no let's just make sure that that's there that's there that's there kind of thing to a point where actually it would be better if I was more like them. Right. Because I'm, I'm sort of not being able to do things and enjoy myself because I'm a little bit too... And it's not even like being stingy. It's like I'm generous, but it's just not... I'm like, oh, let's not take that risk just in case. Where they'd always take that risk. You're worried it's going to go. Yeah. You're worried it's going to run yeah, out. That kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, um, so, um, I, and, I'm, and I'm working on trying to be a bit more chilled and stuff. But I tell you what they're brilliant at, and it's something that I want to be more like them, is how well they... Because I've got loads of grandkids the way they treat them all perfectly equally, where in experiences, you sometimes grandparents can be a bit more favourite, favourites and stuff like that and spend more time. But they're very good at making sure that all the grandkids and all their kids get enough sort of care and attention, which is hard when there's five children and then, what, seven grandkids or whatever it is, six grandkids. That's, yeah. Okay, so that, okay. And what, is there anything they, um, on the money stuff, is there anything that sticks out that they did? You were like, that was, a, why did he spend the money on that? There must be something in your head that's like. No, I remember once, I remember once and I pulled them up on it. They got some money for something. I can't remember what it was. They sold something. I think it was like when they sold their house and bought another house and they needed a new car. And my dad was like, I saw this car, yeah, second-hand Merc, blah, blah, blah. And it was like a nice car. It was quite pricey. It wasn't mega, but it was quite... And, it, and basically, it was, a, it was a better car than the one I just bought, like a Nissan Qashqai, <laughs> which was like a sensible car. And he wanted... He's like 68, wanted this Merc. And I went, you're not getting it. He went, why not? I went, Dad, I'm on the telly. You're not having a better car than me. <laughs> <laughs> that's not allowed. No, that... You're not allowed. That's not allowed. You can't do that's that. That's why he needs to write a book, mate, to pay for his new <laughs> car. <laughs> I know. Yes. So yeah, just something like that where I was just like, no, come on, you can't. That, that, exactly. But what they'd be like, yeah, get it, let's do that. And, so, and then we had amazing holidays where we went to, he got made redundant, my dad. And then we went to, which is very, very unusual for where I come from. We went, they took us to Disneyland, Florida. Wow. On holiday. With the redundancy, man. It says so generous and like, all, would always spend it on us kids. And where really some dads would have got a Rolex or would have, bought a car or went on a parent's holiday but they he would they would the kids always came first and stuff and, and things like that so like and like that i look back with such amazing memories about it where i think sometimes maybe i should be a bit more like that where is your where is where is your taking your kids camping in epping forest to save a few quids <laughs> i know well this year we went to a static caravan park because of covid <laughs> Which is quite, it was quality to be fair, but yeah, like, so I, I think you know it's a it's a balance, isn't it, of like, getting it right and wrong and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, there's a couple more questions. So the one thing I do think that is related to all the people I'm getting as guests on, which is I think everyone's very talented and is is uh, successful. So the thing that I do think is is annoying about this, and people think, I oh, just get up there and you say a few things, it's fine. But actually, yeah. you're extremely hardworking. You're a hard worker, you, and I feel like. That is yeah. a common denominator, whether you're this type of comic or this writer. I feel like there's no shortcuts in this industry. And it is genuinely no, like, who is, 
you have to work you're just always working and you you got one of those brains that you, I could tell you're like you know even trying to get you f- I, uh, free for this was difficult because you're so busy but who who instilled that is that your dad with his his black cat what did what did your mum yeah. what did your mum do my mum so she looked after the kids and then she worked in like a college library right um, and then did have a little she worked in shops did market research or she whenever we were old as soon as we were old enough she worked right. like part time and a bit, bit of extra money well she does exact does do an exam invigilating like only recently and she's like 67. She's an exam invigilator. She's one of those, does the old... Yeah, she was doing that. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Interesting. There's always been a massive work ethic. Did they directly you know, work hard and was it just through osmosis and watching how hard they worked? I think, yeah. So the work ethic, my dad worked his nuts off. Like, he'd, like if we were going away, he'd work 12-hour shifts, 14-hour shifts for like three weeks before and to make sure we had enough money because it's like a cash machine, the cab, isn't it? If you're in it, you're earning money. You're constantly, as long as you're not tired and stuff. And I'd see that and he'd work really long hours and I just associated hard work, like, you know, so that work ethic was fully instilled. And I'd always think, oh, you're a bit tired, do another gig. Your dad would drive a lorry because it was a long distance lorry. He'd drive a lorry for 14 hours, go and do another gig, do another gig. And, and, and that was good. But it, uh, to the point, it actually got a bit too much because I was working myself. I, I would equate good work with coming home exhausted at the end of the day, which is understandable if you're working in labour in or you're driving and that. But if you're doing gig, like one thing to another, like it's hard to get ex- physically exhausted from doing a podcast. However, if you do 15 in a day, you will. Be. So I'd do stuff like that. I'll just bang, bang. And it was great because it, I learned and it gave me a bit of a platform when people saw me, but it was too much. Um, to be honest, but I think that the, the hard, the hard, hard work and putting the hours in on stage, especially for stand up, you can't be good at stand up unless you, you work like four or five nights a week for about 10 years, basically, mm-hmm. and keep going and keep going. And on top of that, I'd say the other key thing that's helped me, I think, in everything I've done is constantly take on new challenges. So like, you know, I've done all sorts of things where I did like, you know, I did stand up and I did like panel shows and then I did like some live TV stuff. And then I tried to do a podcast and then I did a, another podcast and bits of little bits of acting, writing scripts. So constantly challenging yourself. To, so like, you know, writing this book, I'm not, a, 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 the whole book's about not being confident academically and being told I was, wouldn't amount to anything in primary school and stuff like that. So I, I just, I'm not a person that can write a book is what I told myself, but you won't be if that's what you tell yourself. So I constantly put myself in situations that I'm, that scare me so that it, that ignites a little fire in you. And also it gives you more confidence and makes you more of a well-rounded sort of person and performer. You know what I mean? So that kind of thing really, I think really helps along with the hard work. Sometimes you see people that take the hard work thing, but just do one thing with it. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens there is it, it closes you off and you you can take stuff from other mediums that help you with your main one. If, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, that makes Massive, no, no, I, I massively concur with that. I, I agree. Uh, I've been doing stand up for fucking ages now, but I remember I hit about 10 years and I was like, I was getting so, I was getting really depressed and I was like, but I'm just doing stand, I just, just doing it. And I, I think I'm similar. I need to do, I need to be doing different things because at the end of the day, yeah. if I wanted a job where I just did the same thing all the time, yeah. I would just be in an office just doing the same thing all the time. And uh, and I still love stand-up, but I love, you know, I, I like to write scripts, podcasts, all that stuff. And you're right, I think keeping your brain 
there's a that Malcolm Gladwell. I think a lot of people take that, you know, that 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours. People forget there's an important point in that kind of caveat, which is purposeful practice. And I feel like a lot of the time, yes, even people do it in weird ways in LA. People are like, they turn up at this, like, one of the clubs, you go, go to turn up every night, man. If I turn up every night, I mean, they're going to book me. And I'm like, well, you just, yeah. okay, you're putting in hours, but are they, is this, is this the best mm. way of spending your time? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Or is it better to like go do some gigs? Yeah, if you're fed up and doing it for the sake of it, you're not going to have a good gig. And I've actually learned at the beginning you have to do that because you make so many mistakes because you're doing apprenticeship now but now I've got this tour show that I'm I'm doing for the next year or so and it's been spread out because it was it got stopped because of Covid and I would be gigging four nights a week and when you do the proper tour because it's all boom 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 and then now because they're every like one I do like three then there's two weeks off then another two yeah. I'm absolutely loving it because I'm having space and every time I do it I'm like ah I've got this thing to tell you but when you do three months four nights a week it's like by the, by the second month you're like oh my god I'm just like this, this robot I'm not actually Actually, and it's a good show and they're enjoying it but I'm not getting any better I'm staying at that level of creativity because I'm just reproducing the show for you but when there's a bit of space and I've had a sleep and I've got energy new exciting stuff will happen you know and, and, and all of a sudden you're doing a new bit and you go oh my god I've written a new bit but it's because you've got the energy and you, you're relaxed and you've got the space in order to do it like for example at the moment I'm doing an impression of a foreskin which I never wrote down but one night I just did an impression of a foreskin and it's really gone well I just talk about how funny foreskins are they look they look really sad they look like I've just been told off and then I'll sort of hunch over and pretend to be a foreskin. And I would never have written that down in a million years. I'd love to be looking over your shoulder at a gig and just seeing for sad foreskin written down. Just sad foreskin. But um, that that's so funny. But what that makes me think is in the two weeks off, you mainly look to your dick. <laughs> That's what Rob. That's Rob Beckett's <laughs> advice. Just in the mirror, just getting some observations. Don't gig every night. Give yourself time off to look at your crotch. See if anything funny comes up that way. They do look funny. Foreskins are funny. You, you know, in America, in America where I live, they um everyone doesn't have one. Very unique to have a foreskin. Why well, no? But that's a funny bit. Then then I could talk about who's got a foreskin. Where my foreskin brothers are. Yeah, and get everyone put their hand off if they've got a foreskin. In America, it'd be it'd be, it'd be, be weeding out. Of, yeah, you'd have a very niche audience of uh, of uh, bald headed. Yeah. My foreskin boys. That's so... But you are... You've never seen a foreskin? Then I could get mine out and go, this is what they look like, just so the joke works. I, 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 good, I didn't think we'd get into that? this territory, but my wife says she's never seen a, a foreskinless penis. Oh, really? She's only ever seen the foreskin? Uh, otherwise, known as, otherwise known as circumcised. I don't know why I called it that. <laughs> well, she's never... She's seen them, but she's never done stuff with one. Because of she just yeah. What's weird about foreskins? They do disappear. They're like laps when you stand up, aren't they? Foreskins. They're like laps. Really. Like when oh, you yes. get a boner, they, they've gone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So when you stand up, you haven't got a lap. When you got a boner, you haven't got a foreskin. Oh, right. <laughs> when you haven't got when you're flaccid, you got a foreskin. When you sat down, you got a lap. Is this part of the bit? At the moment, this, I've got a lap and a foreskin. Is this part of the bit? It's funny. Not not in that detail. I'll talk about foreskins uh, disappearing, but. Not to this extent. Oh, fucking hell. Sorry, it's supposed to be a serious one. No, it? no, it's fu- it's good. It's good. You can't. I don't want it to be serious. I want to have. I want it to I be. I can't mo- be serious. Ver- no, it's cool. I, don't I want can't be-, be serious verbally. No. No, but I've written, written down I can, but I verbally I can't. There's too much pressure to say <laughs> something funny. My brain don't Maybe work you should like have that. written some of your answers and held them up to the webcam. We could, okay, I'll right. write a letter. Oh, yeah, you write a letter. Who was here? Chris Martin's gone really analogue of his new podcast just via letter, by a fanzine. <laughs> yeah. Um, going to be? yeah, just sign up and he'll post you a letter. But you are, you are right then. Uh, so you, you can't be serious verbally, but then it all goes back to your family, where if you were serious verbally as a kid, you would have got bullied by your, your parents and your I brothers. Know. That's it. Yeah. It all comes full circle. Well, even if I'm talking about that, 
because I spoke about having a panic attack on my parenting uh, parenting hell podcast. Yeah, I was talking about that, and even that, I was talking about it, and it was I was being really honest about it and how it came up, it, which was supposed to be sort of like a semi informative thing explaining something. But even that was quite funny. Mm. Just I just think the way I just got a funny voice. I think well, and the way I took no, the turn. Of I also phrase. agree that if you're telling someone something serious and deep, I do think. I feel like people listen more when it's funny. Do you know what I mean? If I was, you know, if we're just here going, yeah. well, you know, um, you know, our parents are, you know, they make us who they are. And, and, and we were like, <laughs> you, some people do have podcasts. I like know that. they do. Do you know what? I just want to go around their house and go, oh, come on. <laughs> so boring. I've you want to go around the house. And shit. You've got nothing. bully them like your family did to you. Bully to make them. you a more humble, funnier person. There's a lot of people that need to realise this isn't for them. Let's <laughs> <laughs> sort the wheat from the chaff early doors. Um, with yeah. Rob Beckett Rob Beckett oh. Rob Beckett's no- Rob Beckett's podcast solutions <laughs> don't do it anymore I've had a listen knock it on feedback the feedback is give up immediately <laughs> give up you, give up you know you've, do you've got promise drop, you'll be you've got right. promise drop the drop the yeah you'll be alright drop right. the listener serious yeah. questions and swap them for knob gags that's the that's the one bit of, but <laughs> yeah. you just to, more blowjob stuff more blowjob but you do you, uh, we've gone on a funny tangent here but yeah you, you've got to live a life worth talking about right that's and I, and I do think um, that you, we've probably both inherited I've similar from I used to think I'd wake up every day and I would just sit in, in a room and I'd write for three hours stand up on a bit of paper and then I'd do yeah. a gig every night and then I was like this is this is not interesting I bet all that was shit it was well, shit it? yeah it was shit but yeah. and now I, I've never written something down and it'd be funny and then now like no, stand up because yeah, stand up is verbal appears. right? stand up comes out your mouth. so now mm. now I walk the dog and I think of stuff and then I say it and I, I out here I gig yeah. way less because I do other things than I did in <laughs> that sounded dodgy I do other things um, the, but yeah <laughs> I listen oh, just moving a few kilos of the white stuff yeah that's it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't it's a bit of drug running. Don't, it, but that, that, don't joke about so that true. when I'm on a visa though, because I am on a visa. Uh, but it's, <laughs> okay, okay, carry on. Right. What were you saying? <laughs> but no, but I, that is so true because I used to think, oh, write it down, right, right, right. Work really hard. See my dad. Work ethic. Family work ethic. Work hard. And you know, when especially when you're starting out in comedy, I'd I'd, I'd do nothing all day. Lou would get up and go to the go and teach at this school at seven a.m. Leave the house, right? Come back at five o'clock. I'll be there all day, just staring at a wall. And all I've got to do is be funny for twenty minutes in central London. And I'm like, oh my god, right? So I'm gonna do you know what? Do you not know be good now? Just write for eight hours, which just exhausted me because I'm not very good at doing that. And nothing funny happened. Where actually the best thing I could do was go out and just have a nice day, and then bowl on stage and start chatting. That, that's when I. I'm at my best. I never plan to say something before I go to a pub, and it's funny. Do you know what I mean? Like I've never, you know, go and I've ne- and also like I've never like <laughs> fun- home from the pub and it not be funny. And go, guys, let's have a writing day next time before we go. Yeah? I've got a funny image of you just like jotting down some just a set list for the pub. Yeah. just like <laughs> obviously, obviously. I do do that. If I'm funny in the pub, if I'm funny in the pub and I make like a load of people laugh, I'll just write it down. And then I'll go, I'll do that again. Then that's my writing process, really. Because it is, it's a verbal... F- why, so for me, without sounding too wanky go here, for it. the art form of comedy is a verbal it art is. form, isn't it? it right? Is. You verbalise something, they listen, and then they laugh out loud. Right, and I just think the best comedy is direct. It's instant. It's from me to you. And I need to get what I'm thinking to you as quickly and, a, and as, as well-balanced as possible. So like, even in a setup of a joke, you can't be too long, can't be too you know too short. It has to be the perfect length to get to you. So if I have a thought, write it, write it down on a bit of paper, remember it and say it out loud again. That's not... A, that's not why what, I'm, I'm adding an extra layer of hassle here that is unnecessary. That's not going to make it funnier. You're just, you're just overly complicating it. Where the reality is just go out and say it. If they laugh, remember it, say it again. I, no, I, that's, that's what it is, isn't I it? I agree. Well, in the same way, 
uh, even if you're writing a TV show, it's, it's done in a room of 10 people because because chatting shit yeah. and spitballing between people is where the funniest yeah. stuff comes out. And just, you know, certain certain things, yeah, if you're writing a book or whatever, yeah, sit down and write it. But um, I write of hands script stuff, so we were always bouncing up each other. Yeah, but that's a written, but the book is a written form, you know, isn't it? Yeah, see, like, that's and, what I'm saying. And, yeah. and, and, and sitcom is written because it's a script and they've got to learn it and back and forth. But yeah, for stand up, I think you just got to go out and do it. You, I think you can overcomplicate. And then obviously the bit improves and you can add layers to it as you go on stage and stuff and you come off and remember little bits. But yeah, writing it down on paper, remembering it and saying it out loud, I just can't see how that works. So for some people, it does. But it's, I think there's two types of comics who do it. There's sort of like loose neck ones and stiff neck ones. The stiff necks have to write a script to remember it. And the loose necks sort of just go on and sort of just chance their arm. And, you know, the stiff necks are jealous to the loose necks because they can just go on and talk. And then the loose necks are jealous to the stiff necks because they've actually got something rather than foreskin, sad foreskin written on a bit of paper. <laughs> that's Rob, <laughs> that's Rob Beckett's got. gravestone. Loose neck, saggy, sa- sad yeah. foreskin. <laughs> Sad foreskin. Uh, a bullet point with fans, sad foreskin written on it. Before we go, two little things yes. I want to finish with. If your parents are, uh, listen to this, is there anything you want to say to them if they yeah. if they listen to this? Uh, say to them. Um, I'd like to say hello, mum. Hello, dad. I hopefully you are listening to this during the day, and it's not one of your going to sleep bedtime ones, which is quite a big disrespect to me and Chris. Um, <laughs> and um, I love you very much. I I love you, and I know that you love me, and you did your best, and it was a great childhood. And thank you very much for taking me to Disney. Oh, um, so sweet. I really enjoyed Such it. Such a good boy. Um, yeah. bef- and then the f- thank you for spending that money on us rather than yourself. There we go. That's <laughs> it, and that's why I'm such a generous person. Apart from. Um, with your money to your family <laughs> where, you say, where you hoard it yeah. you hoard it in a room yeah <laughs> hold it this is this is this is my money yeah <laughs> did you earn it no then you can walk away you can... no yeah why don't you write that you why don't you write that book you could do <laughs> um and then finally um i'm going to play this bit to my dad i'm trying to get him to say i love you just break down those barriers can you say anything to john martin yeah to encourage him to say i love you to me John Martin, you know you love Chris. I don't know why there's a mental block, but now we've built it up too much. It's difficult for you, John, but just find a moment where maybe like if you're, if you're watching the rugby together or the football and a goal goes in, you both cheer and they just go, Chris, I love you, son. Okay, that's sweet. He doesn't, lovely, he doesn't actually it? watch nice uh, either of those sports, but I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to manufacture oh, it. Cricket? No, he doesn't watch sport. What, he, Antiques like Roadshow. I watch Antiques Roadshow with him. Yep. So, okay, let's go again. So you sat watching Antiques Roadshow <laughs> and there's a painting on there. They bought for a tenner, sell it for 10 grand. And you go, yes, get in. I love you, son. <laughs> and then just get off with each other. <laughs> there we go. And uh, that's that Beckett in a nutshell. Oh, Something nice lovely. and sweet and serious. Yeah. And then you made it a joke about me and my dad kissing Incest. Each other. Uh, incest. Yeah. Um, mate, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on here. No, that's been fun. I've enjoyed that. Sorry I didn't... Um, didn't answer Stop. all your what? official no, questions what are you and i interrupt you a lot. No, 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 no. It's, it's ADHD for that's you. That's why I got you on here. I, uh, I, I wasn't even going to ask. I actually only had three questions and I was just pretending to ask more and I knew you cut me off, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Mate, thanks. Oh, I'm sorry. Where can, um, um, this will be out soon. Where can people watch you if they listen to this? On You're on tour. 
Um, so they can listen to my podcast, Parenting Hell. Me and Josh Riddick come interview famous parents yeah. um, about their kids, which is pretty good fun. And then we talk about our, how our lives are shit because of kids. And then, oh, yeah, and my book's out, A Class Act. It's out October the 14th. Um, yeah, you can buy that from a, a bookshop. I think they're releasing it in America as well. I don't know how many American listeners you get. Uh, we'll find out. Well, either way, the following year, <laughs> we can uh, we could get Rob Beckett's dad's book coming out. It could be a short book called, uh, yeah, called oh, yeah. I Did It. And he just wrote, he just wrote, I Did It. Dave Beckett. I, t- I told you I could I do it. I told you I could do it. And it's that on a hundred, just written on a hundred pages. He didn't read a book till he was 37. <laughs> now he wants to write one. That's such I wrote one before he read one. That's such a specific. <laughs> <laughs> My mum got him the diary of Adrian Mole. Oh, there we go. It's a, that's Lesson. a great book though, but normally read by people when they're about 11. So there we go. He's, he's there. He's getting it. 13 and three quarters, I think. Is that it? <laughs> Um, all right, mate. Um, cheers, Chris. I've enjoyed it. Mate, this. it was really fun. I appreciate you. Love you. I love you. Love you. I, I love you, Chris. There we go. So you sat watching Antics Roadshow, and there's a painting on there. They bought for a tenner. Sell it for ten grand. And you go, yes, get it. I love you, son. And then just get off with each other. <laughs> okay, John. You and me have a passionate kiss. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I mean... Yeah, I mean, that's something that people do on telly these days, isn't it? What, kiss? Yeah. Kiss their dad on TV? Yeah, I think so. But, like, I think he meant, like, passionate kissing, not like a little peck on the cheek. Yeah, I think I think it happens, doesn't it? I'm sorry. <laughs> what shows are you watching? So, basically, what about you and me watching Antiques Roadshow together and then when someone sells something, getting excited and saying, I love you? How does that feel? Yeah, why not? All right, but the only problem is we have to watch Antiques Roadshow together via Zoom. Well, we could do, I suppose. What type of thing on Antiques Roadshow selling for loads of money would make you go crazy and say, I love you, do you think? I don't know, really. Some interesting um, historic document. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that, that could get one going a bit. Okay. What All else right. could All get right. one All going? Right, Dad. Um, you've, kept me, you've, kept me, you've given me enough to keep going with this podcast series, but, but you haven't quite given me what I wanted. Dad... I'll see you next week. I've got another great guest. Tell people to come back next week. Yeah, lovely. I look forward to my trip back next week. All right, Dad. See you next week. I love you. Thank you, Christopher. A podcast from producer Paul UK. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.